Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Sons of Ignatius podcast. My name is Father Niall Leahy and I am joyful today because I am joined by the four members of the wonderful NET team here at Gardner Street in Dublin. We are keeping up the Irish-American feel to this podcast because I am joined again by Jamie and Francis from Ireland and by Christina and Genevieve from the United States of America. I am going to start off the show just by asking the guys if they got up to anything fun this week. Who Genevieve, what off? fun things did you do? <laughs> what, what did we do this week? <laughs> There's like, it was a really long week. All our days really blend long. together because well, we're, we're very, very busy. A few days ago, actually, we were sent some money by a very kind net alumni called Alexandra. And she said, we used to love it on our team when people would randomly give us money to go and do cool things. <laughs> so I'm giving you 50 quid. So she gave that us is a shout out to Alexander. That yeah, is absolutely thank you for that money Alexander. if you're listening. Yeah. May the Lord bless you. So <laughs> we took, keep sending the money. <laughs> <laughs> we took this 50 quid last night and we went and bought spice bags, which if you have not had, will change your life, people of the world. So go out of curiosity, did bag. you buy them at the best spice bag place in Dublin? Fragers. 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 In Ballybock. Credit Fragers. to Father That's actually Nile. a place. <laughs> yeah, Fragrance is a real place. It's short for Fragrant River. <laughs> but that's way too many syllables for most people, including myself. So, so I actually had a conversation about this spice bag with one of our young mascores here on Sunday night. And the feedback I got on Frega's spice bag is that it is one of the hottest spice bags around in terms of spiciness. So Father Nile deserves all the credit for introducing us most kindly to Fragrant River. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a decent spice bag. Anyway, we bought as many of them last night as we thought we would be able to eat. And then we took them out to Bailey Lighthouse on Hoth Peninsula. And we ate them under the moon, under the stars, under the moon with the wind blowing through the grass. And like that big track thing that the moon wakes with its reflection on the water. There's a name for it. I can't remember. But we were suitably far away from the city for it to look nice. It was gorgeous. Yeah. I, I, I know people's image of Ireland is, you know, sheep and green fields and leprechauns. Now it's spice bags like that. That's, that's the most Irish thing you can eat. It's like these chips with fried chicken or what is it? Shredded chicken. Yeah. And like this pretty hot spicy mix and They're some fried only vegetables. only sold in Chinese, though. Yeah, Irish Chinese. Like, yeah. It's not Chinese. You can't call it Chinese food because nobody in China would dare eat yeah. a spice no one, would, no one in China would sink so low as to eat something yeah. made it's in kind of Chinese. Fusion f- food here in Ireland now. Sorry, Father, Jamie, but uh, yeah. the moon reflects on the water is called a moon glade. Ah. Oh. I actually didn't think that it was that, but that's Beautiful. very cool. Yeah. I'll roll with that. Yeah. Was moon it glade. shimmering? It was like golden orange. And yes, it was shimmering. It what was, was actually something that was incredible, more than beautiful, was that there was a plane that had like a plane glade. <laughs> it, it was insane. It was, it was, but actually though, like this plane was coming did, in to yeah. land at Dublin Airport and its headlight was making the thing that the moon makes. That's thought, what you I, were talking about. Yeah. Okay. I thought glade was an air freshener. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is confused enough yeah, already. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> okay, listen, let's get back on <laughs> to the theme which we're here to talk. We, we didn't come to talk about spice bags, although that conversation will probably We could almost later on. definitely spend an entire podcast yeah. talking about spice bags. <laughs> okay, so I think our listeners are getting it. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> um, But when they're not eating spice bags, the, I, I trust you, they're working very hard and <laughs> reaching out to the young people of Dublin, inner city Dublin in particular. At last episode, we spoke about the movement from being people of faith to people with Christians on a mission. So moving from people of belief, I guess, to people of mission, how goodness spreads and how it is natural and good to share your religious beliefs and to introduce other people to the love of Jesus. Today, we're just going to narrow the focus a little bit of that mission to focus on the mission of the church to young people in particular. So last week, we were working off Pope Francis' exhortation, Evangelii et Gaudium, which is all about the missionary option for the church and be making the church more outward facing and more more missionary and today now we are going to be focusing in on just two paragraphs from that exhortation and they are to do with youth ministry and the church's mission to young people so i'm going to start off by just uh, reading something from paragraph 106 and Pope Francis here is just sort of saying that the church's mission to young people has suffered somewhat of late. So he says that young people often fail to find responses to their concerns, needs, problems and hurts in the usual structures. And as adults, we find it hard to listen patiently to them, to appreciate their concerns and demands, and to speak to them in a language they can understand. So, uh, Genevieve... I think that's paragraph 105, Father, actually. Thank you for pointing that out, Christina. Okay. (laughs) Good Lord. Okay. 105, 105. But the Pope is basically saying that he's concerned about the state of youth ministry in the church. And Genevieve, I mean, would you agree with him? Do you think the church's outreach to young people could be doing better? Yeah, totally. The church today isn't really responding to the youth. We have the faith and we need to share it. But the way that we go about sharing it is going to be the most crucial factor in spreading the gospel because our world has changed so much. I mean, it changed so much within the past two years every year it, it just it, it's constantly changing and you mean you're referring to the pandemic like in two years the last two years no 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 just like new like ways about going about things moral relativism just like it's been more of like um people want this freedom but they're looking for it in the wrong ways and it's you know there's always been a little bit of that in different parts of the past every year but Recently, especially with the young, there's been a push for that. So society is always changing, but the speed of change is even picking up. Yeah, it's so much greater because we're not doing as good of a job as we should. For me, when I learned the Irish fiddle as a kid, my teacher, I don't know how she didn't get annoyed. She already knows all this stuff. And she would teach me these little things over and over again. I'd have to practice them over and over again. And it was the way that I got it. I ended up practicing it and I ended up getting it. And it was her love that coached me through that. But we're not willing to like go for it. We kind of just expect people to know things. We're not willing to be compassionate and see where they're coming from. Especially like when Jesus said on the cross, like forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. I mean, 
so many of the youth out there, they don't know what they're doing, you know? So churches aren't exactly overflowing with young people in the West, are they? Like Not at all, yeah. Right. Not at all. I mean, you, you barely see young people. They, you know, they either have some kind of stigma against the church or they just don't, like they're just not interested. They don't yeah. feel called because they don't feel welcomed in. They feel judged. They feel like stupid. Like they don't feel like they know about stuff the way other so, people do, you know? And, and religion is an old person's thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, I think old people are actually young people because they're closer to heaven. <laughs> so right. Okay. There's no such thing as yeah. old people, yeah. but they're my favorite. So when the Pope talks about the old structures not really doing it anymore, and one of those structures, you know, that was certainly operative here in Ireland was the kind of triangle of the parish and the school and the family. So it was understood that as long as a young person was plugged into Catholic school and they went to Catholic mass and they were brought up in a Catholic family well then basically they would grow up as Catholics and they would understand their faith but we can see now in Ireland and I'm sure it's it's similar in other places in the world that kind of triad or triangle is kind of breaking down and even if you're going to a Catholic school for example or your your parents are Catholic societal pressures and you know outside influences are so strong that you're not guaranteed to kind of have right. faith or grow in faith by being brought up in that environment. Right, and even the schools that we minister to, a lot of the kids don't really know about the faith, really. And, and they're Catholic schools. And they're yeah. Catholic schools. Yeah. And they don't, yeah, they have, they have no idea what it means. So I think one of the biggest ways we can really, really help the youth is, is through families. I mean, families are falling apart. And... That, to me, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys agree, but that's like the huge cause of it. I mean, it's the major reason why so, like, you look at the example of the Holy Family, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, and I mean, it's totally fallen apart in society what a true woman and what a true man is and and the, the beauty of them coming together and, you know, and then the vocation of religious life as well, you know, that's also beautiful and it's not... It's not talked about. So family is under pressure. Catholic schools aren't as good or equipped to pass on the faith as used to be. And your typical experience of parish for a young person is that it's boring or it's for old people. And so there you go. Three, the three sort of pillars of the old sort of institutional religion are falling down. And what do you know? Young people are no longer growing in faith. Mm. Right. Okay, so that's happening, and that's a reality in the world. The Pope also brings our attention to new movements in the Church, which are inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that these are fresh expressions of the Church that are managing to connect with young people and are managing to speak to them and to speak into their realities and into their lives. So guys, we don't want to take it for granted that everybody that's listening knows what a new movement is. So would somebody mind just, you know, throwing out a few examples or explaining what is a new movement? Well, there's Ned Ministries, which is the organization the four of us are working with at the moment. Youth 2000, which was, or which is an organization for youth. Their their slogan is youth leading youth to the heart of the church. So it's the same. It's a similar idea of going about things as Ned has. So it's youth evangelization by youth. It's the church being presented as something that young people can belong to because it's being presented to them by young people. And... The way that NET sort of fits into that, the way that NET fits into this idea of uh, new organizations that are responding to the swiftly changing world that Genevieve was referring to, is that NET is run by, like the evangelists, our youth. We're all 
in this team from 18 to 26. And so the idea is that we are more approachable, we'll be part of it. We also know a little bit more about how to approach mm-hmm. um, just from being the same age as or similar age to those whom we are approaching. So NET is uh, and, and such organizations, they are new. They've come about, let's say, largely within the last 20 years or so. So they're not like a religious order or something which traces its history back to medieval age or even before that. So they're new and they're also a movement as opposed to an institution. Mm-hmm. So you, you, we would talk right. about parish, school, even the family, you know, as institution, something which is quite stable and established and right. it doesn't have to try very hard to just kind of, you know, continue. Whereas NES Youth 2000, Focus, uh, you know, Faber community here in Dublin, they're movements. Yeah, so we're talking about something which is much more mobile. There's a lot of energy in it, structurally kind of light. And to bring out that point of the Pope, that there's a huge sense of belonging. So I see you guys going out having fun and there's a real sense of team and you invest so much in it and like it's yours whereas like you go into a like a catholic school for example or a parish you know chances are young person doesn't feel like this is mine whereas you guys and your net team is like this is your net team right yeah francis says something a lot about how the expression of the church Francis has in me, not the Pope, just to... Right, right, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Francis has in my team, brother. (laughs) He always says that we shouldn't change the teachings and we shouldn't change the church. The church is beautiful. And we can change the way of expressing it. So many people come up to me. I think the thing I've heard the most is I hate organized religion. I hate institutionalized religion. And, you know, it it just goes to show that we've got to express it in a different way because people don't feel like they fit in. They don't like it. They feel like it's boring. They feel like there's no adventure. But like what we're here to show them is that it's the best adventure you'll ever go yeah, on. Following yeah. Christ is the best <laughs> yeah. adventure you can ever... Yeah. Like it, it, it's just awesome. But like the way of expressing that through all these new charismatic movements, it's mm. so cool. God gave us that gift of the New Testament. There was the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is proof that times change, that people change. And, and Jesus... He gave us everything that we needed for that. So there's something really alive and vibrant about these new movements. So, for example, if you go to a Youth 2000 retreat in the summer, it's this big surge of people, of young people who come together and bring all their energy and enthusiasm into their prayer and into their praise and their worship and their conversations and everything. And you're there for, you know, everyone gives all, like they're all for whatever, three or four days. And then it kind of disperses again and people go back. So it has that real sort of dynamism to it. And, you know, if if there are young people out there who think that religion is boring or staid or sterile in some way, well, then like all of a sudden you have this encounter with like new movements and it's like the people are coming out of nowhere. They're trying new things. They're on social media. They are speaking in a language that you understand. They're speaking into your life. And there's just so much life in it. Right. And ultimately, it's to share the beauty of Christ. You know, it's not, there's no force there. It's getting young people to a point where they get to live out their own personal relationship with Christ in their own way. And that makes it so unique and special to them because they're meant to belong. And then once you belong to Jesus, then you get drawn into that community, drawn deeper into that community of people who love Jesus too. Just on that though, it's not like you're making up your own way. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah, unique yeah. in that, yes, Jesus loves you individually as a person and your relationship with him is going to be unique from the relationships of everybody else. But it's 
you following the life and the plan that Jesus has for you, not you making up some sort of like not you making up your life for yourself and then kind of inviting Jesus into it. Christine and I were actually talking about this earlier um, in that when like when you're in control of your own life, you can plan out your life the way you want it to and then you slave away and then maybe you achieve that. Like you achieve the life that you planned all those years ago. Great. Your life though is only ever going to be as good when you're planning your own life. Your life is only ever going to get as good as you yourself can plan it to be. Whereas and this is like what we were talking about, like the two of us have discovered in our own lives that when you let go of what it is that you wanted to do or think you think you wanted to do or even wanted to do for in favor of what Jesus has for you and what he wants you to do, he's way better at making plans than we are. And it's just, it's awesome. It's like he, he wants the best for us. We were, talk, we were touching on this the last episode as well. But like he wants the best for us. And if we'll just let go of what we think is best for us and accept what he has as actually best for us, life takes off. Amen. So as you're saying, there's great life in these movements and there's a real sense of belonging. And Pope Francis is kind of saying, this is probably a more encouraging way for reaching out to young people at the moment, rather than say institutions that <laughs> lack some life and dynamism. And Jamie, one of the features, that, and this is actually from paragraph 106, <laughs> um, we're back on track again, is that these youth movements have leadership in them from the young people. So Jamie, do you want to say something about that, about young people being leaders in the church? Yeah, yeah. I think it's clear that a lot of the leaders in the church of the past have not been youth. It's very clear that hasn't been the case. And it is something that is very new that is coming in it's like young people getting more and more involved in certain aspects of the church even just leading like youth groups or yeah young people more being more involved in things like the choir or even altar servers not being quite as young and now being kind of in late teens early 20s and it's a new thing that is happening in the church and i just wanted to talk a bit more about what our organization does and how youth leadership works in net in the day-to-day life of basically our missionaries and the staff involved as well so so you mean jamie you guys weren't all trained up by a lot of old people uh, no, we weren't. Um, well, although that also would have been great, I'm sure. Um, sorry, sorry to any old people who are listening. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you're not that old, Father. Oh, there you <laughs> I so, would yeah. say you're only as old as you feel, but I know that you have a lot of responsibilities and yeah, you yeah. maybe feel older than you are. <laughs> Some days I feel older than others. Anyway, keep going, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. So, net as a whole, it is very youth based. So, as Francis said, on our team, it is between 18 and 26. That is the range of ages we have. But most of net staff is younger than 28. So the only staff older than that are the more permanent staff, but they do not actually do most of the training for our missionaries. Uh, a lot of it is done by just kind of more missionaries. They have done two years of going out onto team, like one or two years of going out and just doing this ministry in local areas of yeah, being in a parish, setting up a youth club and just working there for a year. And then they've decided to stay on for another one, two, three years to share that knowledge with kind of the next generation of net missionaries. Yeah, staying on as staff. Yeah. So in a different capacity to a missionary. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd stay on and they'd help with the training. And then they'd also help in the net headquarters up in Donegal throughout the year, just in the running of the organization itself. They do some ministry for some of the bigger events, so they'd often have representatives at Youth 2000 in different countries. We had representatives at the Youth 2000 in Germany this year. 
which looked a lot of fun and I'm disappointed I didn't get to go. That's a really courageous way to run an organization that you were saying to, you know, a 22, 23 year old who has two years of experience of ministering to youth. Okay, now you are responsible for training up new young missionaries and for sharing your experience with them. It would be so easy just to kind of say, okay, we we have somebody here who's whatever my age, who's 40, who has 10, 15 years of experience. But rather than that, it's like, no, like putting our trust in young people and saying, no, you, you guys have the expertise. You guys are the ones who are closest to young people, who are closest to their reality. You go and do it. Like, it's so courageous and goes against the spirit of the world, which is sort of earn your spurs and it's experience that counts and track record that counts. It's like, no, you guys are down there at grassroots now. You're the guys with the expertise. Yeah, I think the motto for Youth 2000 actually puts it really well when they say youth leading youth to the heart of the church. And that is just, it's a perfect way of saying it because that's what it is. It is youth leading people our own age to the heart of the church through example, yes, but also through our experiences. Like they tend to listen more when it's someone their own age. It's a conversation they invest more in than speaking to someone who's older than them. They're more comfortable around their peers. Because even if it's not preaching, if it's somebody older, there is an incorrect but still present temptation to just consider it as preaching. If people think that they're just being preached at, I mean, of course, you're going to switch off if you're just being preached at by somebody you consider to be a holier than thou. Just to note as well that the Pope also refers to young people who are very involved in activism and in volunteer work, which makes me think of the St. Vincent de Paul societies in the universities in Dublin, which are some of the most popular and well-attended societies in the universities where it's, it's young people deciding, I want to give some of my time every week to care for the poor and to visit the lonely and those in need, because that's part of the church's mission too, is to reach out in charity. So there are young people really embracing this as well and being a young, vibrant, compassionate face of the church. So yeah, and I just say like, there's huge energy there in young people. And I think it's now that the church is realizing that, yeah, we have to trust these guys my sort of mantra for this is when I asked my superiors, could I bring a net team to Gardner Street this year? And I was asked why. And I said, because the mission to young people belongs to young people. It's their mission and it's our job just to facilitate it. So that's why we can provide the beds and the food and, you know, the both of which are wonderful. The spice bags. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but but the mission product. is yours and, and the work is yours. And it's just a joy to be able to facilitate you guys as you blaze a trail here in the north inner city. Speaking of the North Inner City, Pope Francis then takes this kind of wild detour and starts talking about sea creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, no, wait, sorry, that was a, that was a misread. I meant street preachers. <laughs> but, tell us about some seahorses. Uh, Christina, you're going to talk to us about sea creatures. I mean, street preachers. Do you want to read the quote out there? <laughs> Sure, of course. So for the listeners who might be a little confused right now, (laughs) earlier when prepping for this podcast, I accidentally, when reading this passage, said sea creatures instead (laughs) of street preachers. So my brain is in tip-top shape today, so please bear with me as I talk with you a little bit. But here, let me read this sentence from Pope Francis's Evangelii Guardium on street preachers. How beautiful it is to see that young people are street preachers, joyfully bringing Jesus to every street, every town square, and every corner of the earth. And when I read this quote, I immediately was taken back 
to the Gospels because street preaching is such a biblical tradition within the church. When Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah to the woman at the well and he reveals her whole life to her and he assures her that there is hope for her even though she has made a lot of sins in the past. What did she do? She can't keep it in. She runs away saying, I need to tell everyone about this man who told me everything I ever did. Or thinking about all of his healings where half the time he heals a leper or a blind man or a sick person. He says, don't tell anybody, but they can't. They can't keep it in because they're so excited. And they run around telling everybody even though Jesus told them not to. Or Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descends upon the apostles and the Blessed Mother and they're so on fire for the Lord that they can't keep it in. They run out to the streets speaking all these kinds of languages, talking to everybody, and they're so happy that other people think, oh, they must be drunk because they're so deliriously happy and somehow that must make them be able to speak other languages too. Um, (laughs) Go figure. But street preaching is really is a strong tradition within the church and we have to utilize it effectively because for a lot of people, when they think of street preaching, they think of somebody who's more angry or aggressive in tone, somebody who's talking about the end of the world and hellfire or is pushing a pamphlet in their face or is just trying to convert them for numbers sake. But that's not what real street preaching is. Real street preaching is just going out to people anywhere. could be on the street, could be in your family, could be in your church, could be in your school, and just meeting them where they are at, loving them where they are at, and gently lifting them higher. A person needs to know that the church is an institution that deeply cares for them and wants the best for them. Most young people, they have this impression that the church is this ancient hierarchical institution that just wants to impose a bunch of rules that will make them miserable because apparently misery equals holiness. But that's not true. The church has different rules and various guidelines, but they're all based on the natural law and the divine law given to us by Christ because that is what will bring us joy. Like St. John Paul the Great once said, true freedom is not freedom to do what you want, but freedom to do what you ought to do. And that will bring you the most amount of joy. And you can't do what you ought to do if you are choosing things that are ultimately detrimental to your soul. Could oh, I just come in on that, Christine, as well? Like just to bring two of your points together there, mm-hmm. that preaching obviously involves communicating to people what they ought to do, but it doesn't mean just telling people what they ought to do. Like what you were saying there about the street preacher who comes across as being sort of judgmental or bringing bad news or the end of the world. He's kind of commanding people to repent and change their ways. But there's not necessarily much relationship there with the person and there's not necessarily much seeing of the person. Whereas when you're talking about encountering people, meeting where they are and gently lifting them higher, sort of saying, okay, I see you and I like you, and I want to be in relationship with you. And in and through that relationship, yeah, you're going to get to a better place, and you're going to move more in the direction that Christ wants you to move in. Yes, absolutely. I think the core of any sort of street preaching or ministry in general is to walk with that person to a place where they are 
perhaps open and interesting in encountering Jesus because a person won't stay with the faith if it's just a bunch of rules without a relationship. One of my favorite preachers ever, his name is Father Mike Schmitz. Y'all Americans out there might have heard of him. He does a lot of YouTube videos. And on this one YouTube video, he said, picture a marriage and the people involved in the marriage, all they think about is, oh, I have to take the trash out for this person. I have to, I have to wash the dishes for this person. I have to cook the meals. I have to do all this. And it's, oh, it's so draining. But that's not the way the marriage is supposed to be. You're supposed to think of it as, I want to do all these things for you because I love my spouse and I see the beauty in my spouse and I want to care for them. And ideally, we should be in the faith because we want to be, because we understand how much God loves us and has given for us, and we want to give that back to him. And I think that's where a lot of traditional mindsets in the church kind of fail. They think, oh, once you follow all these rules, do all these things, then you'll encounter Jesus, and then you'll, you know, sort of belong in our family. But no, it's actually the opposite. You encounter him first, you experience his love, and then through guidance, through ministry, through counseling, other older, wiser figures, or not even older, but maybe the same age, your person the same age that's just been through things with you, can walk with you to help you learn how to love him back well. Thanks for bringing out that point of relationship and moving beyond rules and relationship. And I just say the other thing that impresses me about new movements and new youthful movements is that when when young people share the gospel and share Christ's vision of the good life, when they share that with other young people, they also say, I'm trying to live this too. It's not just you're trying to live this by yourself, but be friends with other people who are trying to live it. And we'll struggle together. Like we're all struggling to grow in virtue and holiness and nobody's perfect but hey at least it's not just there's a vision go with a manual go knock yourself out see how you do it's like no be part of the community be part of the friends the group of friends that is trying to live this that is trying to to grow you know in virtue and holiness and so you're not ever preaching people and saying okay off you go it's like no here's a message now do you want to be part of the community i.e the church which is trying to live this always imperfectly, but we're invested in it. What I love about NET is when we're in training, the first thing they always emphasize to us is the people you meet, love them and love them hard. Love until it hurts, like Mother Teresa says. Love them, take an interest in their lives, really develop a friendship with them as a person. And then once that connection and trust is established, if the person's open to it, maybe start talking about the faith a little more. And that initial trust and friendship can bring so much fruit if once a person reaches a point where they're kind of open to exploring, oh, what the church is about. Or even if they're not, if they were not initially open to seeing what the church is about, they're open to trusting you. They now know that you're trustworthy because you have demonstrated that to them first before trying like, yes, evangelization, yes, the church, et cetera, like that, like, like, yes, obviously. But if somebody's closed to that in the first place, you can tell somebody about it, all of those things the whole day long and nothing's going to happen. But if that bridge of trust is there, the reason that they're going to be open to hearing what the church has to say is because they trust you. Somehow. Exactly. They trust you yeah. and they know that you care about them as a whole person and not just a, a number that you're trying yeah. to, to get to a meeting. And it's like, if you actually care about me, and I know that you do now, and you want me to look at this, well, like, okay, I'm, I'm more open to that now. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Genevieve, do you want to come in on something there? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that, that what Christina said about uh, Mother Teresa's quote 
when you love so much it hurts, there can't be any more hurt, just love. And I think this is a huge call on for the people of the church because when people outside of the church see people in the church hardly loving each other, then how are they going to know Jesus if and know who Jesus is or want to know who Jesus is if they can't see that we know Jesus? And there are people in the church, I mean, it's we're constantly getting to know Jesus, you know? But once you have that personal encounter with Jesus, you just want to share it with everyone else and you want other people to experience that. But they need to know that you want to love them. You're not just trying to, to say we're somewhere where you're not. You want to bring them to where you are because you care about them as a person, you know? So I think this might be a good point to end our episode on. Just say it does come down to loving people. It's something I tend to come back to again and again, that Jesus asked us to love God and love people, like love our neighbor. And in order to be missionary, then we really do have to love people and take an interest in them and prioritize their needs it's so easy today to love my stuff or to love my smartphone or to love my movies or my music or my car or whatever my lifestyle is it's so easy to prioritize that and to forget about people and god so we've spoken about a lot today here guys we've covered a lot of ground we've spoken about the state of youth ministry in the church in general how new movements have sort of breathed new life into that how important it is to trust young people to lead these movements and then also how really engaging with people as street preachers almost as like just in conversation how important and how fruitful all that is And it does come down to if people are going to believe what they say, they're going to want to know that we actually care about them, that we love them and that we want to invest in them. And then something special can happen. Guys, thanks a million again for all you have spoken about today. God bless your work. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're dope and swag. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jamie, for being our professional (laughs) sound engineer, even though, folks, he's not wearing his baseball cap today. Still not a professional. (laughs) Still looking the part, Jamie. I have never claimed to be. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Please, God, see you again soon here at Sons of Ignatius. Mm -hmm.